0: Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to.
1: Download the new Bumble now.
2: This is Tyrone Power.
1: This is Jane Wyatt.
2: And this is Hugh Douglas saying, welcome to Hollywood Soundstage. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome again to Hollywood Soundstage, to another half hour of gripping, absorbing transcribed drama. Our story tonight is most unusual, strange as only the truth can be strange, a story written by life itself. Hollywood Soundstage is proud to bring you 20th Century Fox Studios' exciting and suspenseful motion picture, Boomerang, based on the Reader's Digest article by Anthony Abbott, and starring Tyrone Power, Jane Wyatt, and the Screen Guild Players this is a true story it is based on carefully documented fact and though the names of people and places have been changed you'll recognize the scene you've lived there you've worked there you've driven through it this is any small city in the usa The story begins on an autumn evening. Old Father Lambert, the pastor of St. Christopher's Episcopal Church, is taking his after-supper walk. Down the street he goes with a friendly, cheerful word for his friends. His friends. That means almost everyone in town. For this gentle priest has devoted his whole life to the service of his parish and his community. But now he pauses for a moment, strikes a match against the lamppost, and lights his pipe. And as he cups his fingers over the flame... A man steps up directly behind him. He points a pistol at the old man's head. The gun barrel glitters in the overhead light. Then suddenly, the shot, and Father hey! Lambert falls to the pavement, dead. Hey! Five people saw the murderer. Five people who gave excited statements to the police. I was uh, just to closing my barber shop.
1: I was right across the street.
2: I saw the light shine on his gun. I tried to grab him when he
1: ran. He wore a light hat and a dark overcoat. I'm positive.
2: That was all. No clues, no motives, no arrests. The leading newspaper screamed. The whole town boiled with indignation. Citizens demanding action. Committees calling on the mayor. One topic of conversation every place you went. Every place but one. The Coney Island Cafe. A shabby place. And the waitress, Irene, fits in with the rest. Shabby. And at the moment, very angry, as she talks to a young chap at the counter.
1: So that's the story, Mr. Johnny Waldron. So all of a sudden, you've got to leave town. Just like that.
0: Just like that.
1: So what about me?
0: Well, what about you?
1: What kind of a runaround is this? How about what you told me the night you picked me up? Oh,
0: there was a moon that night, baby. Somebody turned it off.
1: Oh, Johnny, please. You can't just run out on me. Try
0: that on that truck driver of yours. He'd be more interested.
1: Why, you little chiseler, he'd open up your skull. Well, he'd have
0: to find me first. Hasta luego, kid. And good hunting.
1: Well,
2: that was nothing important, you'd think? And it wasn't. Then, only later it was to mean a great deal to someone, to Henry L. Harvey, state's attorney, at that moment sitting at home with his wife.
1: Henry, you've been so quiet all evening. Are you worried about anything?
2: Now, what should I be worried about?
1: The Lambert case. Not much breaking, is there?
2: No, not much.
1: This morning, the Daily Record said. That I they... thought
2: you weren't taking the record.
1: I read the cooks. Uh-huh. <laughs> and besides, there's the radio, you know. Hmm.
2: They're really pouring it on us, aren't they?
1: Oh, it's such a brutal thing. Can't they find out anything at all?
2: No. But in a case like this, there may be a break almost any time. Really? Well, I dunno. I heard a fellow say it.
1: Oh, and I thought you really had some. Now great.
2: let's forget about it, hun. And tell me some more about your recreation center.
1: Oh, darling, it's coming wonderfully. It really is. Paul Harris has lined up the land, all in one piece from some real estate company. Hey, you're
2: really making headway.
1: And you know what else? We might even be able to put in a pool. That would be the most... What? One-
2: now, who could that be?
1: I can't imagine. I didn't ask anyone over tonight. Agnes? Mr. Harvey, it's Mayor McCleary and Mr. Harris.
2: Well, I'll be right there. Honey, you're not going to worry, are you?
1: No. Not if I
3: have enough beer on ice. Things are getting pretty serious, Henry. Paul here thought we ought to have a talk. But You're the boss, Mac. It's uh,
2: about this murder. You know how the morning paper is screaming for our scalps. What do you expect from a crowd like that? We booted them out of the city hall. This town has had a decent government since the last election. Now we're stymied a little on this case, and they're trying to make it a political issue. Well,
3: they've got the town pretty well worked up. And now, with an election coming along, if it
2: hinges on the Lambert case... Yes, I know. The police are doing all they can.
4: All they can, my eye.
2: They're just chasing their own tail. As a friend of the police chief, I resent that, Harris.
4: I don't care if you do or not. And all this talk about doing all they can.
2: Harris, you're making a lot of noise for a commissioner of public works.
4: And I'm going to make a lot more. I'm going to keep on yelling until oh, you stop on... it, stop it.
3: You sound like a couple of high school girls. Now, Henry, what's your idea? Suppose our boys can't...
2: Crack the case. If they can't, Mac, I don't know who could. I say let's give him a chance.
3: Well, I don't. And what's more... Oh, shut up, Paul. After all, Henry's closer to this than any of us. Mac, you told me yourself just an hour ago. I've changed my mind. Uh, Henry, suppose we give the police two weeks to clear this up. It'll help. Two weeks? Then what? Well, then we'll have to call somebody in. I don't know who, but
2: somebody. Right, Henry? You're giving the orders, Mac.
4: Well,
1: all Excuse I can say, gentlemen, would you like some beer? <laughs> I just took it off the ice. It's nice and cold.
2: Harvey was the one who told Police Chief Robinson, and the chief's face went cold and hard. He'd seen it happen before: a big case turned into a political circus. All right, they wanted suspects. He'd give them some, and by the dozens, the police brought them in—men with records men without men picked up at midnight men picked up at noon angry men frightened men some defiant some cow men who were suspects for only one reason their hats were light and their coats were dark and now the manhunt was spreading out wires were reaching everywhere circulars bulletins composite pictures based on the witnesses descriptions
5: until the police chief phoned the state's attorney hello harvey robinson We just got a call from out in Ohio. They picked up a guy who fits the description. Yeah. He admits he left here a week ago, and he's packing a 32 revolver. Yeah, by plane. He'll be here tonight. Now, you people can understand I don't want any mistakes. Take a good look at him. They're all sure that's the man who killed Father Lambert. That's him.
1: It's him, all right.
5: I'd be willing to swear. I, I'm pretty sure.
1: That light hat and dark coat. I'm positive.
2: Identification? Absolute. Now the wheels begin to grind. First, they let him talk. Encouraged him. The more he said, the more they could break. Oh, you're
0: crazy. I never kill anybody. I never even saw the old guy. I was just passing through town. I wasn't anywhere near the place. I was at a movie over on Main Street. You can't pin a thing like this on me. I don't know anything about it.
1: My name is Annie Wilson. I was Father Lambert's cook. Yes, I've seen that man at the rectory. He came to talk to Father Lambert just the week before the dear man was shut down.
4: My name is Warren. I run the garage at Main and Elm. Yeah, I know that guy all right. He worked for me for oh, a whole couple of months. Left all of a sudden without any notice. About a week or so after the murder.
1: My name is Mannion. Miss Mannion, I'm the cashier at the Plaza Theater. And I'm sure I've never seen that man. I pride myself that I never forget a face. And if he'd ever bought a ticket from me.
0: I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it.
5: Walden, you've heard what all those people said. All right.
0: Suppose I was here for a couple of months. Suppose I did go to see that priest once. I I had heard about him. I wanted some advice. That doesn't mean I killed him, does it? I wasn't anywhere near the place. I I tell you, I was over at... Hogan. Hogan.
5: Yeah, Chief. You can bring her in now. In here, Miss. Take a look at him. Is this the man?
0: Yeah. That's Johnny. You see? She knows me. Irene, Irene, tell him what... Shut up.
5: Miss Nelson, on the night that Father Lambert was killed—yeah,
1: that was right down the street from where I work—shortly
5: Uh, shortly before the shooting, did this man walk by your restaurant?
1: Yeah, uh, it was about seven twenty. He walked by and he waved at me. I remember it. But because you couldn't
5: a... have.
0: What's the matter with? What are you trying? Shut up.
5: That's all, Miss Nelson. Well,
1: don't mention it. If you need any more help, I'll. With with the desk sergeant.
0: That. <laughs>
5: What about it, Walter?
0: What about what? She's lying, I tell you.
1: If you need any more... That's why she's lying. Yes, Sergeant.
0: No, because I didn't do it. Can't you understand that? I didn't do it! I didn't do it! I didn't do it!
2: Over and over, he kept saying, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And then they found his gun. The police expert examined it, turned in his report. This was the gun that had killed Father Lambert. A perfect case for the state's attorney, and Henry Harvey went to make a call. Somebody here to see you, Walter. Yeah. Who? Walter, my name is Harvey. I'm the state's attorney. I'm the man who prosecutes you. What are you doing here? I, uh, I thought I'd like to hear your side of it. Might help. My side of it? Are you kidding?
0: My side of it is that I didn't do it.
2: Maybe, but you left town at a funny time. A man's got a right to leave town if he wants. I told him why. I wanted a job. Yes, I know. But you had jobs here. Yeah, I had jobs. A gas station, driving trucks.
0: Look, mister, I put in five years in the Army. Five years. That made me five years behind the parade. I I had to start moving.
2: Where? What were you going to do? I don't know.
0: Go someplace, start a business, make something out of myself. I had an idea once. Yeah, what's the difference? I missed the boat. Fly high and light low. Doesn't make any difference now.
2: But, uh, but after all, Walter, and it
0: was your gun. I know. My gun, and all them people saw
2: me. And besides, the young lady from the restaurant. Young lady?
0: That that dame? Would you take her word against mine? But,
2: but she said she saw you at the. I rest... tell you, she lied.
0: I fluffed her off, and she wants to get even. A ratty dame in a crummy joint, and they swallowed everything that. But... Wait,
2: wait, wait, wait a minute. You did confess. Sure I confessed.
0: After the way they rung me out, I'd, I'd have confessed to anything. So what do you want? You want to hear it again?
2: I told you I only came Yeah, again.
0: you're just like all the rest. Where'd you get the gun? Where were you that night? Well, I don't have to listen to any more. Go on, get out of here. Look, Walden, you're only hurting you yourself. You got me framed? What else do you want? You want me to say it again? Okay, I killed him. Go ahead and hang me. I killed him. Isn't that what you want me to say? It
2: was. Right this minute, I'm not so sure. You have just heard the first act of Boomerang, starring Tyrone Power, Jane Wyatt, and the Screen Guild players. Act two will follow in just a moment. But first, here's an inside tip. If you want to hear American democracy at its best, listen for The People Act every Sunday evening on many of these same stations. The People Act takes you right to American communities that have made democracy work through teamwork. It's the story of better life achieved by individuals working together to achieve their common goal. Sunday nights on CBS Radio, The People Act. Now, back to Hollywood Soundstage and Boomerang, starring Tyrone Power as the district attorney and Jane Wyatt as his wife, with Lee Millar as the murder suspect and Isabel Jewell as the girl in the restaurant. The people against John Waldron. All the people. All except the state's attorney. Night after night, his office lights burned late. Night after night, he worked with his assistant. Right up to deadline. The night before Waldron was to be indicted.
4: Guns, bullets,
2: statements, confessions. I think that's just about all, Mr. Harvey. Fine, that's fine, Stone. Now let's go over this stuff again. First we'll introduce the evidence. Evening, as...
4: Henry, still here? Say, Mac, will you just look at that man work?
3: <laughs> he must be after a record, Paul. Okay, Stone, we'll check that stuff later.
4: Right. <laughs> it's
2: after ten, Henry. Uh...
4: You live in this office? <laughs> Maybe he just found out there
3: was an income tax. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Mac, I'm glad you and Harris came in. I want to talk uh, to you.
3: Paul, I think
2: Henry worries too much, don't you? No,
3: absolutely.
2: <laughs> now look, this
3: is very serious.
4: <laughs> so what's, what's the matter? matter with you two?
3: How would you like to be governor, Henry? I've got to go into court tomorrow <laughs> and What?
4: You heard him, Henry.
3: Governor. Everybody in the state knows how you've been working on this case. They'll all be watching you tomorrow. I've been talking around Hartford, New Haven. Governor. Why not? We don't get many good men, many honest men in politics. When we do, we like to
2: push them. Oh, thanks, Mac. But first, there's something that so
3: I don't think... worry about it tonight. You got a job to do tomorrow. Come on, Paul. Let's go. But Mac, relax, I... Henry. Take it easy. No, Mac. Wait a minute. I've got I'll to go ta- home and get some sleep. I'll see you tomorrow after the indictment.
2: The next afternoon, a crowded courtroom, the mob already sending blood as the state's attorney addresses the bench. Your Honor, it is my duty to prosecute for the state, but it goes without saying that it's just as important for a state's attorney to use the great powers of his office to protect the innocent as to convict the guilty. I have endeavored to approach this case without any preconceived notions. I have personally interrogated all the witnesses, and I have examined all the evidence with the utmost care. If your honor, please, it is my belief that the defendant is innocent, and I intend to enter a plea of... Order! Order! i to restore
5: order. This court will be recessed until 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Mr. Harvey, I will see you in my chambers.
2: Henry Harvey listened to many words that day. From the judge...
5: Mr. Harvey, I don't pretend to know your motives in asking for a process. But I warn you, if they are political, I will do my best to have you disbarred. From Police Chief Robinson. We'll hang him if it takes the next ten years. I don't care what shenanigans you and your crowd are trying to pull. I never did like politicians anyway. From
3: the party boss, Mayor McCreary. Maybe you do think he's innocent, Henry. Will you toss away your whole career? Remember, we've made this town a decent place to live.
2: Is one man's life worth more than the community? And that night, when Harvey finally got home, the Commissioner of Public Works was waiting.
4: Henry, I came here to say just one thing. You're going to move an indictment for murder. I am? You heard what I
2: said. Look, Paul, I've had a pretty trying day. I'll give you exactly one minute to leave. If you're not out by then, I'll throw you out.
4: Henry, do you remember our project, a recreational center for underprivileged kids? Ten seconds. We plan to buy ten acres from the Sunset Realty Company. Fifteen seconds. And you see, Henry, I am the Sunset Realty Company. What? That's right, I own it. I've sunk every cent I have in it. And if the city doesn't buy that land from me at my price, I'm ruined. We can't win the election without a conviction, and if we don't win the election, the city won't buy. And
2: you expect me to be a party to that? You're crazy, Paul.
4: Perhaps, but I think your wife would agree with me. She's chairman of the project, you know. You better
2: keep Madge out of this. She doesn't know anything about it.
4: No, but she gave me $2,500 to help buy the land. That wouldn't look good in the papers, would it?
2: Why, you
4: can't... get it over, Henry. I've lived in this town all my life. I have my name and my family to think of. If Waldron goes free, I go under. But if I go under, you're going with me.
2: How oh, about to wait up so late, Madge? Hmm. And sandwiches and everything. Oh, honey, you shouldn't have done it.
1: I know. I I, I should have let you starve gracefully. Henry, the reporters were here.
2: Hmm. Deviled Ham. Madge. Remember that flat around the corner from the law school and and those sandwiches from Barney's?
1: I remember. It'd
2: be almost fun to do it again, wouldn't it?
1: We were a little younger then, Henry.
2: Yes. Yes. Madge, did you give Paul Harris any money on this playground thing?
1: No, I, I didn't give it to him. He told me they needed extra cash to get the land, so I loaned him the money that father lent me and I... Darling, was that wrong?
2: No, 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 no. It it doesn't make any difference.
1: Henry, is there going to be any trouble? Trouble?
2: don't be silly. And since I can't offer you a one-room flat, how about the governor's mansion? What? Uh Uh-huh.
1: Henry, what about Waldron? Is he innocent? You
2: didn't answer my question.
1: You didn't answer mine? I
2: asked you first.
1: You ought to know by now, Henry, I... I'll go anywhere you go, but. But it, it's got to be what you want.
2: That doesn't give me much help, Madge.
1: I know. I didn't intend it to.
5: The people against John Waldron. Is the state's attorney ready? Yes, Your Honor. Your Honor, at the close of yesterday's
2: session, I announced that I would enter a plea of prosequi in this case. You wish to amend that statement, Mr. Harvey?
5: I do, Your Honor.
2: I wish to reserve a plea until I have laid some of the evidence before the court. All the rest is a matter of record. And yet the bare facts, the words alone, cannot quite describe the thing that followed. The drama that rose to a climactic curtain, as Harvey called witness after witness. Miss Nelson... You have stated that on the night of the shooting, at 7.20 to be exact, you saw John Waldron pass by the restaurant where you work.
1: That's right.
2: You are aware that placing him in the vicinity of the shooting, within a few minutes of when it occurred, might help to convict him?
1: I only say that I saw him. He waved to me.
2: Isn't it possible, Miss Nelson, that it might have been somebody else, another friend who waved? No. Your Honor, may I offer some information? In the course of examining the evidence in this case, I visited the Coney Island Café, the restaurant where Miss Nelson works. On the advice of Miss Nelson, I stood behind the counter, in the exact spot from which she states she saw John Walden on the night in question. From that spot, the window was obscured by steam, from the steam table. One could see through it, yes, but when one of my men passed by outside, and despite the fact that I know him well... It was impossible for me to recognize him.
6: But I did, I tell
1: you. I'm sure it was him. Miss Nelson, did you
2: know that rewards for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the murder totaled $8,000?
1: No. No, I didn't. Your
2: application for reward is already on file. That's all. (music) Miss Mannion, you're the cashier at the Plaza Theater? Yes,
1: sir, I am. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. You're aware that John Waldron claims he was in the Plaza Theatre seeing a picture at 7.30 the night of the shooting, at precisely the same time the shooting took place. But you have already stated that you'd never seen him.
1: Oh, I'm sure I haven't. I pride myself on never forgetting a face.
2: Then, naturally, he couldn't have been in the theatre that night. No, sir. Of course not. Now, then, that gentleman over there, my assistant, Mr. Stone. Was he in your theater on Tuesday night of last week? Take your time. Take a good look, Miss Mannion.
1: No, sir, he wasn't.
2: Your Honor, I submit that at 8.13 on Tuesday night of last week, observed by two reliable witnesses and myself, Mr. Stone bought a ticket to the Plaza Theater from Miss Mannion.
1: But he couldn't have. I'm quite sure Thank you, Miss
2: Mannion. Will you step down, please? Mr. Rogers, you have stated that you saw the murder? Yes, sir, I did. You saw the killer raise his arm and something glittered, and then the shot was fired? Yes, sir. It was a street lamp shining on the gun. You're quite sure? Yes, sir, I am. Your Honor, I wish to show you this gun. This gun belongs to John Waldron. It's a type that was manufactured for the Army. The court will notice that the finish is very dull. To prevent any reflection on the barrel, that might reveal the user's position. I submit that a gun specifically designed not to reflect the sun could hardly glitter at night. Well, I... I, I still swear I Your saw... You're excused, the... Mr. Rogers. Step down, please. Your Honor, may I continue with the gun? Proceed. The police expert, Mr. Johnson, has stated that it is his certain belief that this gun fired the bullet that killed Father Lambert. Your Honor, may I ask you to examine this weapon? If you wish. You will notice it is a thirty-two caliber revolver. And here are six bullets. Will Your Honor please insert them in the gun? Very well. Now, may I have it, please?
5: Mr. Harvey, that's a loaded
2: gun. I shall be extremely careful. Mr. Stone, will you come forward now? Yes, sir. Will you take this gun and do as I say? Yes, sir. Your Honor, in reenacting the murder, we found by examining the course of the bullet that the gun had to be held exactly level, at about three feet from Father Lambert's head. Mr. Stone will demonstrate. I will be the target. Mr. Harvey! Mr. Stone, will you fire the gun? Mr. Harvey! Your Honor, I apologize for the theatrics used in the presentation, but there is a defect in the firing pin, which makes it impossible for the gun to be fired in that position. We tried it 16 times. That was the 17th. Order! Order, or the bailiff will clear the court! Order! Your Honor, if the court approves of my conclusions in this matter, I will now enter a nolle prosqui in the case of the state versus John Waldron.
5: The court feels that an open apology is due the state's attorney for any suspicion of his motives. It wishes to thank him for a careful study of the case and for a brilliant exposition. As for the recommendation of the state's attorney, it is so ordered. This court is recessed.
4: Ah, Nice going, Mr. Harvey.
5: Stone,
2: all I can say is... Henry,
1: Ah. Henry, darling.
2: Oh, hello, hon. I was hoping you'd be here.
3: Congratulations, Henry. You are great, great.
2: I'm sorry, Mac. I I hope I didn't let you down.
3: Let me down? That's nonsense, Henry. We promised this town an honest government, and you just proved our point. (laughs) That job in the capital still goes,
2: Henry. No fooling. Madge, that means the governor's mansion. What do you say?
1: I say... I say, let's go to Barney's and get a sandwich.
2: Father Lambert's murderer was never found. The case is still open on the police books of that town. And Henry Harvey never became governor. He rose instead to one of the high legal positions of the land. You've probably heard of him. His real name was Homer Cummings, Attorney General of the United States. I've just heard the Hollywood soundstage production of the famous 20th century Fox motion picture, Boomerang. And now, back on stage for a final word. Here are the stars of our play tonight, Tyrone Power and Jane Wyatt. Thanks, Hugh. It's always a pleasure to do this show. Because this radio program helps support the greatest cause in our industry, the Motion Picture Relief Fund. And every one of us in Hollywood is proud to share in a work like that.
1: That's right, Tyrone. Everyone. Actors, writers, producers, directors... They're all joining to make this one of the top half hours of radio week.
2: And doing a pretty swell job of it. Jane, shall we tell them about next week's show?
1: <laughs> well, Hugh Douglas might, might blow a gasket if we did. He's been guarding that information like a mother hen.
2: <laughs> okay, Hugh, come on in and strut. Good night, everyone, and thanks.
1: Thanks again. Good night. <laughs>
2: Next week on Hollywood Soundstage, a tragic and poignant story, the story of a girl who found life in death. Be sure to listen to Barbara Stanwyck and Carlton Young in Warner Brothers' great motion picture, Dark Victory, next Thursday night at the same time. Boomerang was presented through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox Studios, who will soon release John Steinbeck's Vivo Zapata, starring Marlon Brando and Gene Peters. Tyrone Power appears through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox Studios, whose current release is Phone Call from a Stranger, starring Shelley Winters, Gary Merrill, and Betty Davis. Hollywood Soundstage is transcribed in the film capital with music under the supervision of Alexander Courage. Our play was adapted and directed by Harry Cronman. Jack Benny recently won another citation. The 16th annual newspaper and magazine editor's fame poll says he's the year's best comedian in radio. And don't forget the year's best comedian for more years than Jack will admit is yours every Sunday night on the CBS Radio Network.
5: You're listening to Same Time, Same Station, the best of old-time radio. And I'm your host, Jerry Hendigas.